0: What's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America show or host? For the latest news, visit the iRadio blog at iradioblog.com. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com.
1: thought about why people act the way they do why are some people more difficult to deal with while others are always pleasant let's find out together welcome to human behavior what a trip your host is dr jonathan brower our program combines expert guests with people just like you who have questions or comments we'll have fun exploring human behavior now here's your host dr jonathan brower hello
2: everybody this is jonathan brower My show is called Human Behavior, What a Trip, and today we have a wonderful trip. My guest is Josh Garrett, and Josh Garrett is an interesting fellow who you'll find out all about in a moment. Welcome to the show, Garrett.
3: Thank you, Jonathan. Uh, Great to be here.
2: I mean, Josh. I called you Garrett.
3: That's
2: okay. (laughs) You're Josh, and I'm Jonathan, yeah. So... um, the way I'd like to start the show, if it's okay with you, is to, for you to spend a few minutes speaking about your your childhood growing up and what you like to do and how you ended up doing what you're doing
3: now. Okay. Um, well, I... Uh, basically, I was born and raised in, in Los Angeles. Uh-huh. Um, I was raised by my mother. Uh-huh father wasn't around. Um, my mother did marry a man when I was about uh, 10 years old. He became my stepfather. His name was Joey, and he had a wonderful impact on my life. Good. Um, um, and I moved moved around quite a bit when I was a kid. I attended six elementary schools, uh, two high schools, um, primarily because we were moving around because of my stepfather's um, Job wherever it took us.
4: Oh, what was his job? Uh,
3: he was um, an electrical engineer, I um, see. and we we that took us um, quite a few places, mostly around California. I see. And um, yeah, I've always I've always been active and interested in fitness, and, uh-huh. and I started working out when I was probably about twelve years oh. old. I would. Go to the, our local y m c a and and lift weights, and I got uh-huh. really in, really into that
4: uh-huh.
3: and um, then I picked up running in high school and um, distance running i I started as a sprinter and actually developed into a into a distance runner and and i've been running every day since i I competed in high school and college at the university level and and um, and I've maintained my my running ever since. I run on a daily basis, and probably in high school, I developed a love for hiking. Uh, I would take my dog up into the hills, and we'd go play around and sort of get lost, and you know, we had a, had a great time, and um, and. Uh, then my my uncle actually introduced me to the the Sierra Nevada mountain range, and and we he took me on my first backpacking trip in in those mountains, and I I, I fell in love with uh-huh. the outdoors and uh, with hiking, and and um so yeah here
2: here yeah. I am good. And um, what about running? Did you like what, what
3: about running? Did you like? I like the simplicity of it. Really, just. Only needing a pair of shoes and shorts and running out the door, you know, uh-huh. for your run, that's, that's all you need. And I, yeah. I loved, how, loved how fit it got me. Yeah. Um, I really feel that uh, you achieve a level of fitness from running that you don't from any other activity. Yeah. And um, I just loved the way it made me feel.
2: Uh-huh. And normally,
3: how many miles a day do you normally run? Uh, how long? It's ranges from six to ten miles. It just sort of depends on how I'm feeling and, and yeah. uh-huh. what my goal is. Yeah.
2: And and then at times do you run in the road races?
3: Uh I was competing in road races for a while, but I, I haven't competed in, in quite a long time actually. Um, uh uh-huh. uh. Um it's 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 very difficult in maintaining Motivation uh, while training on on your own,
4: yeah,
3: and to keep up a, a level of fitness to be competitive in in um, road races it, it is is a difficult thing. So I sort of I lost a bit of motivation for a while, and and but I kept up my running. I just wouldn't do it at the same intensity, and yeah, But you like the so you just like the whole experience of running. Yeah, and right now I just run basically for for health and to to maintain a reasonably high level of fitness. Yeah my guess is, besides the health and the fitness,
2: you actually enjoy the experience of running.
3: I do. I do. Yeah, I, yeah. Feel, I feel very free out there. Yeah, me
2: too. I run a lot, too. Oh. So um, you are um, the distance running coach at Santa Monica City College. Right. And you also are in the kinesiology department, and you, and
3: you teach classes on that? I teach uh, exercise physiology, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, and I, I
2: assume you like doing that, talking about that. I do, I
3: do. I, yeah. I like, I like um, sort of breaking down and simplifying complex processes and 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 uh, explaining it to my students in a way that they can understand. I do yeah. like it.
2: Are some of your athletes that you train also in your kinesiology class?
3: I have just one, just one of my runners in my my class. <laughs>
2: I would have, I would make the assumption that a lot of them might want to be in the class.
3: Yeah, I think a lot of them didn't know that I was going to be teaching it this semester. I see. Um, but yeah, I'm sure if they had known, I'd I'd be seeing a, you know quite a few more of them in there.
2: I see. Okay, so um, the way I found out about you was um, on uh, Saturday, August twenty fourth, in the, in the morning I was reading the sports section or some section of the newspaper um, and there you were as a picture of you and it's in the, the title of the uh, article is A Vegan Coach Who Chewed Up the Trail which of course is a fun little way to put it so um, what I want to get into with a lot of detail is that this tremendous trip you started you started going from um, the Mexico border, to Canada, uh, all by yourself. And you were doing it as fast as you could, and you did it really fast. Right. Um, I'm looking here. You uh, averaged nearly 45 miles a day, beginning June 10th and ending August 8th. Correct. Now, um, and you were doing this solo, right? Yes. Okay, so... I I'm imagining if I were doing what you what you did, which I wouldn't do. But if I were <laughs> doing it, I would first uh, very systematically figure out all the logistics of how I'm going to do it. You know right. I mean? Okay. So next to the uh, print of the, of the in the newspaper that I'm looking at right now is a picture of you with a small backpack on you. And obviously you're you're um set up to move very lightly because you don't have a lot of stuff so how do you do how did you do it all all by yourself how did you get enough food enough water did you have a cell phone and if you did did it it even work did anybody know where you were Uh, how many pairs of socks and underpants are you going to wear I mean (laughs) just the whole thing so uh, with some detail tell me how you figured out ahead of time how are you going to do what you were going to do
3: Well, um, for starters, I I hiked the trail from Mexico to Canada in 2009. So I had done the trail before. Yeah, that Uh,
2: was a more leisurely uh, trip, right?
3: Definitely more leisurely. I I averaged probably about 30 miles per day, Uh which is still quite a bit, but nothing like uh, this last experience.
2: Yeah, we'll get Um, to that in a few minutes. Yeah,
3: Yeah. so I had a good idea of what... um, was necessary, what I had to bring uh, with regard to gear and the amount of food and such. Um, so this hike, I was offered a personal sponsorship um, from John Mackey, the CEO of Whole Foods, and he hired a woman uh,
2: to... Wait a John Mackey is, is the president of what?
3: He is the CEO of Whole Foods, Whole Foods Market.
2: Okay, Whole Foods Market, yeah, yeah. So there's also a football player by the name of John Mackey.
3: Oh, Okay. But he's dead now. Okay. Um, yeah, with well, different John Mackey, and yep. uh, I met John Mackey a couple of years ago uh, through my my girlfriend, and and we hiked together on the Continental Divide Trail,
4: uh-huh. uh,
3: and we became friends. And uh-huh. he he challenged me to sort of um, to go after the record on the Pacific Crest Trail. So
2: wait, before don't, before, don't rush. So before he. And when we first told you that, did it seem daunting to you?
3: Uh, it, it did. It did, because I knew yeah. what that would mean and what that would require. Yeah. Um, uh, it, it sure did seem like a, like a very challenging task, to say the least.
2: Yes. I'm sure it was, actually, when you were doing it, too. But we haven't Oh, yeah. It yet. yeah. So anyway, so John Mackey was um, helping you be able to do this trip.
3: Yeah, he funded he funded the whole trip, food and gear, and he hired a woman to meet me at points where the trail crossed the road. Um and how so awesome would that be roughly speaking? That would be that would be uh, sometimes I would see her twice a day. Sometimes I wouldn't see her for for days at a time. Um the longest stretch being 5 days without seeing her. So and,
2: and, and during those 5 days we're going to kind of go back and forth I guess. So during those 5 days you weren't with her at all. Did you have enough water at all times?
3: I did because because of where I was and that was in the, in the Sierra Nevada mountains in, in the high Sierra to be specific. Uh, I see where there is plentiful water. Um basically from snowmelt, and it's clean and cold and delicious. I see. So when you're going through that section, you don't have to carry a lot of water with you at any given time.
2: I see. And what about food other than um, bars and stuff?
3: Yeah, I, I had to make sure that what I was eating, that, that I could eat what I was eating on the run, that I could do it on the go. Uh, so it was... Very compact food, high in calories, um, strictly vegan, of course. I'm, I'm vegan. I don't eat any animals or animal yeah. products. And I had a lot of um, peanut butter packets, and I, I even sucked down olive oil packets and, and vegan cookies and licorice and, um, and yeah, vegan jerky and certainly a lot of vegan energy bars.
2: And how often did you feel satisfied with enough food? I felt
3: um, pretty pretty well fed throughout oh, really? the hike. Yeah, I, I never was really craving anything like I did the first time around when I hiked it in two thousand nine. Um, because I had support on this trip, and I had a woman meeting me at I various think... various spots. I felt I felt relatively well fed.
2: Yeah so besides the food we can get back to the food in a bit but um what about shoes how many pairs of shoes did you go through uh,
3: in total five pairs
2: and so the lady was there with the new shoes yes and uh all the shoes so when when you got the the new pairs they never give you gave you any blisters or anything uh
3: no i had already sort of uh, gotten used to them i i wore the same the same kind every time
2: uh-huh so uh uh, did you ever get any blisters at all or anything like that?
3: Certainly, certainly in the beginning I, I, I developed some pretty pretty gnarly blisters and, and I found the best way to deal with them was to slit them open and just let them drain. Uh and that really that really helped. And so so
2: did you have with you um uh, some kind of tincture to get rid of the so so you wouldn't get an infection? Did you have band-aids and things like that?
3: Yeah, I had a just a very tiny, lightweight uh, first aid kit with all of the, the oh, essentials. Good. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I developed some pretty major calluses, which became a pretty big problem uh, for me.
4: Yeah.
3: You know, I didn't really have a pain-free step uh, for uh, probably about six weeks.
2: Oh, wow. <laughs> so, that was the first six weeks or the last six weeks?
3: The The last six weeks really? Yeah. So
2: every every time you did a, uh, your foot hit the ground, you felt pain?
3: Yeah, it felt like, um, I sort of likened it to um, stepping on Skittles, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. So that how, were... did you,
2: how did you put up with it?
3: Well, um, I... Tried to just, you know, block it out, and I, I, I remembered why I was out there in the first place. And uh-huh. that, was, that was to promote the vegan diet and help raise money for an organization that that um, yeah. reduces animal suffering in, in factory farms and slaughterhouses. So I basically just uh, bucked up and, and kept walking, you know.
2: So, so apparently you were... Um you had enough ability to withstand the discomfort,
3: yeah definitely i i oh. i I realized what I was going through was was nothing compared to what animals on factory farms go through every day, so yeah. um I certainly wasn't going to quit because of some painful calluses,
2: yes all right, so um what other logistics did
3: you have to deal with
4: during your whole okay. trip um
3: Really just um, the main thing was talking with my support person and and mapping out, you know, where we were going to meet, um, where we were going to meet next. So that was basically it, you know, and we got pretty good at it. And I'd say, hey, I'll meet you um, eight miles down the road at this spot. I'll be there at around 2.30. Okay,
2: so we're going to take a commercial break in a moment. But uh, so you had a cell phone with you?
3: I had a cell phone, but it didn't. I didn't have reception for most of, most of the time, so I didn't really get to use it. Um, so, how
2: did you know when, what time she would be meeting you at the next stop?
3: Well, that was decided when we would, when I would see her. So, I, I get it. okay. Yeah.
2: So, so we're going to take a, a commercial break. We'll come back in a couple of minutes, and we'll get back on the trail and and, and take a walk with you.
3: Sounds good.
1: Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness.
0: Defeatanxietynow.com is geared to help people suffering with anxiety and depression. Intensive, short-term, dynamic psychotherapy helps many people get to the absolute core of their problems and resolve them. Call Dr. Jonathan Brower at 818-707-4557.
1: Legal SHIELD total access everyone deserves legal protection with legal shield everyone can access it no matter how traumatic or trivial check out players.buildinglastingsuccess.com and jjbrower.com call jonathan at 805-535-5111
0: follow us on twitter at voice america trn get the lowdown on guests new shows and your favorites that's voice america trn
1: You're listening to Human Behavior, What a Trip, with Dr. Jonathan Brower. If you have a question or comment for the show this week, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to PhD at yahoo.com. Now, back to Human Behavior, What a Trip. Hi everybody, this
2: is Jonathan Brower. back from uh, our first commercial break, and my guest is Josh Garrett, and we're talking about his uh, tremendous uh, hike, much of what he ran, from uh, mm-hmm. the Mexican border to the Canadian border. So, Josh, back to the, uh, the whole thing that you were doing here. Um so, what other logistics did you have to deal with
3: um basically just uh you know talking with my support and coming up with places to meet and and times uh yeah. to meet
4: yeah.
3: uh and we got we got really good at that you know if if uh you know i I would say, hey, if I had eight ten miles. To go to the next road, uh, I would have a good idea of what time I would arrive at that road because I, I you know, yeah. I knew I knew what pace I was hiking at and what I had been averaging in terms of pace. So if I said I was going to be there at two thirty, I'd, I'd typically show up right around then. It, we, we got pretty pretty good at uh, at meeting.
2: Yeah, and because of the first time you did the more leisurely walk along the same trail, you knew what to expect. You, all the ground all
3: looked familiar to you, basically. Uh, well, some of it did, some of it didn't. You know, there were there were parts of it that were um, I, I definitely did remember, but there were certainly many parts, many sections that uh, I had no recollection of of I even think. hiking before. I
4: guess,
3: yeah. Um, so it it sort of, uh, but I did I did um, for the most part know what to expect. Yes
2: yeah so when the lady would meet you at certain points, she would uh give you fresh socks underpants, shirts shorts, and stuff like that
3: um if i needed if if it, if necessary yeah i i uh
2: were well, you, you you weren't going to wear the same pair of socks for the whole trip I don't think were you
3: not the whole trip certainly not no um <laughs> but i yeah. i would I would use them until they uh <laughs> basically became um too worn down to use. Um, yeah. And yeah, if I needed a new shorts or a new shirt for whatever reason, it, it, I would. Ha- she would have them ready yeah. for me.
2: Now, now, in the picture I'm looking at in the LA Times, you're wearing short pants. So, um, what about bugs? Did you, did you ever have mosquitoes or anything on your legs and
4: arms?
3: Oh, certainly. Yeah, there are some sections that are notorious for having bad mosquitoes. So for those for those sections, did you have? Long
2: pants you could wear.
3: Um, you know, no. I I, uh, I found the best way to deal with the mosquitoes is just to keep moving. But,
2: but, don't, but don't mosquitoes tag along with you with your legs and stuff?
3: They certainly do. They they follow you for literally for for miles. And then um,
2: are they biting you and? They're biting sucking they're biting. your blood.
3: They they do they do. There's um, I don't believe in. Uh, Deet, um, yeah, uh, that really strong poisonous um, mosquito repellent. Yeah. Uh, so, and I don't like hiking in long pants because it's just too too hot. Um, so,
2: so, so, when I, so when the the um, insects were um, eating part of your body, so to speak, uh, you just put up with it and it was okay. I mean, it didn't seem to bother you much. They they can they can.
3: They can drive a person insane. You know, they—they they, they certainly uh, got to me a few times.
2: Um, so you just put up with it, and eventually they went away.
3: Yeah, you know, you, wow. you keep you keep walking, and you walk pretty fast, and you eventually sort of get out of their territory. Uh
4: huh.
3: <laughs> um, and you know, you're you're tr- you kind of walking and swatting them as you go, and and I don't like harming any any animals, but. Um, Mosquitoes drove me to the point where I had to start swatting them. <laughs> yeah,
2: you're you're human, that's good. I mean, yeah, I mean it's not like you're, you know, gonna choke a beaver or something, but
3: certainly not. No.
2: Yeah. So, um and in the picture I'm looking at you have a beard. I assume you didn't bother shaving much on the way on this trip. Yeah,
3: you know, I, I... Thought I was going to you know stay on top of that, but you just you don't have any energy for that at the end of the day, so yeah, I just let it grow, you know. Yeah, uh, a, a long beard is uh, common on the trail, and you fit in pretty well, so yeah. <laughs>
2: so at nighttime, when you would uh, find some spot on the ground to sleep, you would just wear it, just
3: sleep in your clothes, or
4: yeah, Do you have pajamas
3: you, know, you put on, or how that work? No, I, I mean I I typically would just sleep in, in what I was wearing that day. Uh-huh. Uh, sometimes I would put on some uh very lightweight long johns, um kind of thermal thermal underwear. Yeah. Um but uh yeah, I'd find a flat spot or, or you know, reasonably flat spot to to lay down and um I'd wake up uh, probably about four, four hours, five hours later, and keep going again. Wow!
2: Now you were you were um, you didn't have a tent with you, right? You just you just uh, were on the ground all the time. Had any covering?
3: Yeah, you know. Fortunately, it it only rained once um, the entire trip, and that was in in uh, the Sierras. Um, but it wasn't at night while I was sleeping. Uh, wow! You lucked but, out. Yeah, I really did. So so, so,
2: so what would have happened? If there had been multiple nights where you, it was raining, what would you have done then?
3: Well, I did have a a, a very ultra lightweight tarp, um, you know, just in case it did happen to rain. So I did have I did have a means of um, you know shelter.
2: And the tarp would just be laying right on your body, or it would be
3: held by no. some poles, or what? I would have tied it up to some trees. Um, <laughs> Very, very minimal. You know, very bare minimum stuff going on there. But uh, it would have done the job. I've used it before in in really heavy rain, and it, yeah. it would have done the job just fine.
2: So, uh, when you were at night, when you were sleeping or getting ready to sleep or waking up, were you worrying about uh, animals that might want your food, such as
3: bears? Not at all. Not at all. I. I I wasn't worried about anything in in that sense in terms of animals. You know, I I, I slept well, slept soundly, you know, and, and never never. Yeah, uh, you, was, you never had the, any
2: animals of any kind wanting to eat your food, like squirrels or, scum, no, or whatever
4: they are.
2: No, no. Um, wow.
4: You
3: know, I I had a uh, a deer show a lot of interest one one particular night. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, I was sleeping and I heard sort of like a thumping sound and, and I think the deer had gotten sort of startled by my presence there on the ground. And uh I woke up, turned on my headlamp, flashed it in that direction and I saw the the, the eye shine of uh, on the deer there. Yeah. And uh I, I just I was kneeling on the ground at that point and and uh we sort of had a stare off, a stare down and yeah. uh and then she 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 was a female deer. She um, started walking toward me,
4: uh-huh.
3: Uh and I thought, "Wow, this is weird." You know, most deers don't <laughs> show this much curiosity. They they typically yeah. scamper away. Yeah. Um, and she kept getting really close and really close. And I thought, "Well, I could either scare her off or just see what happens, see where this goes." Which
2: way? What choice did you make?
3: I I stood. I just I didn't move.
4: Yeah.
3: Um. I let it play out and she came so close within ha- arm's length of, of uh touching her nose.
2: And at that point were you afraid something bad might happen?
3: No, no, you know, it's a, it's a deer. Uh, I you yeah, know, I've never I've never heard of anything, you know, of anyone getting uh harmed by a deer. Oh, I do. But you
2: <laughs> Yeah, so you lucked out apparently.
3: Yeah, you know, um yeah. I guess I just uh, I didn't sense any any uh-huh. threat um yeah so uh i, I really wish that I had just sort of stretched a little bit more and touched her nose, but she um she said yeah. something and and ran away yeah uh but it was pretty cool, yeah. pretty cool
2: and um I'm assuming since you were you know going pretty light with your pack and all that you didn't bother drinking coffee or anything like that, you were just drinking mostly water right.
3: Yeah, I don't I don't drink coffee at any time yeah, even me neither. at home. Yeah. Uh I've just never gotten into it and and it never if I have had it it never, it never sort of uh worked. You know, it, it it uh
4: Yeah.
3: It didn't do anything I could drink coffee before I go to sleep. It doesn't seem to have yeah. an effect on me.
2: And and during your trip did you um brush your teeth uh twice a day or once a day or once every week, or how'd you do that?
3: Yeah, I sort of slacked on that you know I, I again I like shaving I tried to I thought I was going to be able to keep that up but it became um, sort of sporadic I, every other day or so I would brush yeah um, so you know not not the, the healthiest endeavor um,
2: yeah so, so, for so the in teeth some, in some ways you were like this wild man really <laughs>
3: yeah 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 I really, really was I didn't really care about much other than just uh hiking down the trail, you know. And did
2: you, ever, uh, did you ever feel uncomfortable with your your wet, grubby clothes,
3: when you know, when it was warm and you're busy trying to sleep at night? Um, no, you know, I didn't really because I was so, so darn tired that I didn't really have the energy to focus on stuff like that
4: yeah.
3: or let that stuff really get to me. So, you know, that's yeah. what happens when you're tired. You, you really don't. When you're exhausted, you don't let these things get to you.
2: Yes. Yeah. So uh, when you were on the ground sleeping, um, was the, what was the temperature
3: cold?
2: What, what, what do you think the temperature was at nighttime?
3: Yeah, it 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 varied. You know, it it. Um, I'm sure it dipped below freezing at times. I'm sure uh, there's some areas in the Sierras um, you're up above. You know, twelve thousand feet. So, what do you
2: do to stay warm enough if it was if it was freezing?
3: Uh, yeah, I had I had uh, I brought very minimal gear with me and clothing with me, but what I did have uh, was very effective at keeping me warm. Um, so, I had an ultra light um, synthetic jacket, uh-huh. and I had an ultra light sleeping bag.
2: Okay, so you were warm enough that you wouldn't die. And were you warm enough to be comfortable? Um,
3: For the most part, for the most part, yeah. Until near the end of the trip where I was really dropping the hammer and and laying down the the miles. uh, I really, I wanted to, I didn't carry my sleeping bag or any sleeping gear the last few days of the trip because I didn't want to give myself the option of um, stopping for too long.
2: So if I'm hearing you correctly, the last few days you, or some of the days you didn't even sleep at all.
3: Yeah, you really couldn't call it sleep. I would uh, lay down for, you know, maybe an hour and. But, but isn't that uh,
2: dangerous? If you're if you're asleep, it, well, maybe you, it didn't happen to you, maybe. But what, couldn't someone fall asleep and end up sleeping past the hour? And,
4: you know what I'm uh, saying?
3: Yeah, that that could that could have that was that was risky. It was risky, but um, wow, I I always had in my mind that I had to keep going, so I, I never actually did um, fall into a deep sleep. Um, I
4: see. So
2: most so most of your sleeps were about four hours a night, and it was not deep sleep. Right. And so, at some point, it must have been very uncomfortable having very little rest.
3: Certainly, one of the things that I struggled with was um, falling asleep while I was hiking. Did you fall at all? Um, I came really close. One particular inc- incident where I, um, you know, nearly th- went over a ledge. There's uh, oy, oy, oy. pretty treacherous terrain on the on the on the Pacific Crest Trail, and
2: uh, what did you end up hurting on yourself?
3: During what? on that particular instance, I didn't. No, I didn't hurt myself, but...
2: Um, so you lucked out, because, you know, if you're all by yourself, and you're supposed to be meeting this lady at one of the stops, and but you have a broken leg, you're screwed, aren't you?
3: Absolutely, yeah. Wow. <laughs> you're pretty, pretty screwed at that point. Wow. But um, fortunately, nothing like that ever happened.
2: I see. Well, yeah, that was pretty fortuitous.
4: Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and so... Um, how often would you be running, and what kind of pace? Obviously, it depends on whether you're going up or downhill, and whether it's rocky or not. But on the average, what do you think you average per mile for the 45 miles you you ran most days?
3: You know, I didn't. I'll, I'll, um, I didn't run at all. Um, oh, I see. I didn't run a step of the trail. Uh, actually, I mean, I ran the last maybe um, quarter mile of the trail, but um, that was the only running that I did. The rest of it was was hiking. I, I hiked uh, long days to get my miles in.
2: So, when you were hiking for long days, um, how many miles do you think you averaged? Forty-five miles a day?
3: That was on average. Uh, it became closer to fifty. And uh, the second half of the trip, I really picked up the pace. Uh-huh. Well, not so much the pace, but I, I lengthened my, my days. Um, and I was hiking 20, probably 20 hours a day, even more near the end.
4: Uh-huh.
3: I see. So, yeah, averaging probably about three miles per hour.
2: And then um, would you just keep pretty much... Uh... Walking all day long and you would eat as you went along? Did you ever stop to sit down for a while?
3: I would stop when I would see my support. Uh, I would take a load off probably for 45 minutes or so. And, so
2: basically uh, 99% of the time you were walking and not sitting down?
3: Uh,
4: yeah, probably, yeah. Wow. Yeah.
2: That's tremendous. Yeah. So... Um, so when you finally decided every night to try to get some sleep, you must have been exhausted.
3: Yeah, you know, uh definitely definitely felt uh at times like I, like you would expect to feel if you hiked fifty fifty six miles. Um yeah. other times I felt great, you know, I recovered really quickly and I, <laughs> I, I think um I have my vegan diet to think for that. Yes. Yeah.
2: And did you, ever, did you ever come across any kind of uh, plants that you thought were edible?
3: Only once in the Sierras I came across wild onions that I um, indulged in. Did, did it uh, taste good? Yeah, certainly. Probably tasted really good
2: because you were a hungry, hungry guy.
3: Yeah, just just an overwhelming scent of onion, too, which was really light, nice if you like onion. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah, that's nice. So uh, we're coming up for our second and last commercial break. So we're going to go to commercial break, and we'll come back and uh, hear the rest of the story.
4: All right. Sounds good.
1: Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Interested in investing in real estate, leveraging other people's money? Call Jonathan Brower, and he can give you some more information. 805-535-5111. That's 805-535-5111.
0: Sportspsychologysociology.com can help you improve your ability to excel and enjoy your athletic endeavors. Call Dr. Jonathan Brower at 818-707-4557.
1: We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go, on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You're listening to Human Behavior, What a Trip, with Dr. Jonathan Brower. If you have a question or comment for the show this week, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to phd at yahoo.com. Now, back to Human Behavior, What a Trip! Hi, everybody.
2: We're back with human behavior, what a trip! This is Jonathan Brower. My guest is Josh Garrett, and he's telling us about a tremendous task he uh, took on. So we're going to continue with the story. So, Josh, um, uh, during the days, wh- what did you think of? What did you? Would you sing songs to yourself? Would you just let have free association whenever came up to your mind? Were you thinking about? Your wife missing her. Tell me how you did with your time when your brain and your mind.
3: Yeah, yeah, it was it was difficult. Uh, you know, everything and anything and everything you could imagine uh, comes to your mind. Um, and in my experience, it's mostly negative negative stuff. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Give me an example of a negative stuff thing. Uh, well, I mean, just um, there were times when I was really. Having a difficult time with the terrain on the trail, and my feet were hurting, and the trail happened to be very rocky. Um, you, I would just start thinking, you know, "Gosh, what this trail sucks," you know, or "Yes," or "What the heck am I doing out here?" or you know, just uh, stuff that isn't positive, and that's not going to help me <laughs> really uh, move forward with what I'm doing, but. um so you definitely hit a lot of low points. A lot of these low points, and and um, it takes a lot of mental energy and effort to get through these low points. And it, by the end of the day, it's exhausting. Um, yeah. But uh, what I what helped me get through these points was um, again remembering my my cause and and why I was out there, and that was to hike for for the animals. And I just kept kept in mind as hard as this is as painful as this is and as miserable as I am it's nothing you can't compare what I'm going through you know to what animals on factory farms and in slaughterhouses go through yes. so I, I kept remembering all of their their poor faces the faces of the animals that i had seen suffering in, in Mercy for Animals videos that's the that's the organization that I raised the money for
2: Wait, say the name of that organization again, please.
3: Mercy for Animals. Mercy for Animals. That's right. It's, they're a great organization. They Where are they located? Um, they are in Los Angeles and Vancouver, Canada. Okay. And what they do is they yep. send workers undercover into factory farms and slaughterhouses to videotape. Uh, oh, good the terrible stuff that goes on in these places and the abuse that the animals endure. So I had seen many of these videos, yes. and um, I the the faces of the animal's suffering were sort of burned in my mind. Yes. And I, that's what I thought about when I was trying to get through all of these low points on the trail.
2: So, <laughs> so part of your mission was not only to... Uh, uh, have animals not being slaughtered, but also um, you cared about the whole situation, mm-hmm. and your view is, which I think is a good one, a, ve- a vegan way is a better way to live.
3: It's certainly better for our health. It's showing it's better yeah. for our health, and it's certainly yeah. better for the animals. You know, I I, yeah. I love I love animals. I always have, and um, but I didn't become vegan until about two years yeah. ago. And I realized, well, if I love animals, it, it doesn't make sense to, to eat them. Uh, I can't call myself an animal lover if I'm eating animals. Yes. Um, and when you spend time around cows and turkeys and pigs and chickens, you realize they're no different from dogs. Yeah. And you're not going to eat, eat your dog. <laughs> right. So I just wasn't making that connection. And a lot of people, I think, don't make that same connection. Yes. And Um. I, what I was trying to do was raise awareness to the fact that we don't need to eat meat or animal products to be healthy and strong. Right. And um, I think I, I showed that um, by, by accomplishing, accomplishing this, uh, this feat of, of endurance yeah. and strength. So that was my purpose. Right.
2: So, uh, so while you were on your your trek for all of all the days... I assume you missed your wife quite a bit,
3: my girlfriend, yeah, we were girlfriend and not 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 the wife yet, but uh okay.
2: um, and uh, how often did you get to talk to her?
3: You know, not nearly as much as I would have liked um because I didn't have reception, self reception, so whenever i would have did have reception i would I would give her a call, and hopefully she would be there to answer, which most of the time she was.
2: But 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 did you, you had a cell phone that could have enough cell life in it to be
3: able to speak to her. Uh, well, when I would see my support, I would take that opportunity to uh, I see. charge the, the any any electrical um, I see. electronics that I would have. Yes. Yeah.
2: So I would ima- I would imagine that at times you were missing your girlfriend terribly.
3: Certainly, yeah, certainly. You yeah. know, I was very uh, very lonely out there. Yeah. Um, and when you are lonely and going through a very difficult time, yeah. you start thinking about those who are most important to you.
2: Yes. And, and, and uh, how was she with you being gone so long?
3: Oh, it was very difficult on her.
2: She was willing to... She apparently was um, not putting any... any uh, any what's the word? Pressure on you to do it. I mean
3: Right, she wasn't it wasn't her idea, you know. Yeah. Um, to go out there for two months, um yeah. alone. But uh but she was she was my biggest supporter, you know. Yeah. And um but it was very hard on her and, and she would yeah. be she'd be watching T V late at night and it'd be eleven, twelve o'clock and she would know that I'd still be out there hiking and it was it was hard, you know, um yes. on her you know, worrying about me, wondering if I'm safe or not. Um yeah. so you can imagine what I, I sort of I, I started to realize what um the wives of many of these soldiers who go off to to war, oh, how yeah. they're how they're feeling, you know. Yes. Just not knowing and, and and wondering about their husband constantly, you know.
2: Yes. So for a good part of your trip your your track you were at high altitude, right?
3: Yeah, yeah. the The trail probably averages about six thousand feet of elevation.
2: And at the time you were up at twelve thousand, right?
3: Yeah, the highest was actually thirteen thousand two hundred feet.
2: Okay. Here's what, here's what I'm getting at. So, um, you live n- normally in in uh, Santa Monica, California, right? Right. Okay. So you're pretty much as as low as you could be in terms of the level.
3: Sea level, yeah.
2: Yeah. So when you were on this uh, tremendous trail, for a while, weren't you uh, uncomfortable with the altitude sickness? Did you have headaches and and have feel dizzy and stuff?
3: Not at all, not at all. Um, it starts, you know, the trail starts relatively low, somewhere somewhere around 4,000 feet. Yeah. And that um, typically really isn't high enough to, um, you know, Get you sick, altitude sickness. What about thirteen thousand feet? Uh, yeah. Well, the thing is, is that I gradually uh, sort of um, climbed up to that elevation.
2: I see. So you never had a, you never had any problem with uh, intense headaches or anything like that?
3: No, I, I didn't. Okay. I I acclimatized to the altitude um, and never, yeah, never suffered any any problems. I, I adapted uh, very well to it.
2: Oh, and speaking of uh, all this, in your uh, first aid kit or whatever, did you have certain kinds of pills? Did you need them? Like if you had, uh, you needed Benadryl if you were uh, having some kind of skin problem or, um,
3: or anything like it, that, or,
2: or, or, or uh, if you got a headache at all?
3: Yeah, it had, uh, I mean, it had Tylenol. Um, I see. Or Advil. I can't remember which one it it was equipped with, but yeah. it had just just the basic uh, basic stuff. I
2: see.
3: And I'm not a. Um, I never take pills. I I always refrain from taking any any sort of pill.
4: Yeah.
3: Um, but uh, on this trail, I was in you know so much pain that I had to. Basically, just succumb to it and and take um some advil every now and again to get me to get me through
2: and the advil was getting you through which part you had a headache or what
3: um, just uh inflammation it would keep my my levels of inflammation down you know i would uh i had a a problem with my achilles tendon it it really oh, I see. became oh. inflamed and uh I wanted to nip that nip that stuff in the bud right when it you know came up. So. And did that work? Oh yeah. Oh good. Um, it certainly did. It's pretty powerful stuff, and that's probably means that you shouldn't be using it <laughs> very yeah. much, you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So you know, glad I'm glad it's it's out of my system yeah. now.
2: So when you were on this trail for all those days, did you come across any other human beings?
3: Yeah, there were quite a few hikers that I came across. So you know. I I'm going through very beautiful uh scenery and, uh-huh. and there are a lot of hikers that like to go out there and, and and enjoy that same scenery. So um I passed passed a lot of people, um came across a lot of people and we would chat and uh they were very supportive and encouraging. Yeah. So,
2: yeah, were there any people who ended up for a while walking the same direction you were going in?
3: Certainly, yeah, certainly, you know, um there are quite a few people who attempt uh, to hike from Mexico to Canada every year uh-huh. on this same trail, the Pacific Crest Trail.
2: But they weren't going at the speed you were going at?
3: No, no. they, they Everyone goes at a different pace. Um, yeah. There's a saying, you know, hike your own hike. Yes. And so there are no rules or anything. You can do, do basically what you want. And uh, most people go from south to north. I see. Uh, so, there were certainly a lot of people that i did, that I came across
2: and um so were there, were there any people that you would walk with for maybe uh, half a half a day or twenty <sighs> minutes or um,
3: yeah, that would happen occasionally you know i'd i'd latch on to somebody for uh or they'd latch onto me, you know, for a, yes. a few miles, you know, um, and then that would be it. But and, uh, and when
2: and when you had that time with them, were you happy to have it? Since you were by yourself so much of the time.
3: Absolutely, I, 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 I it really lifted my spirits, you know, yeah, talking talking to somebody, and and uh, you know, when you're alone, you can't you can't uh, get anything off your chest, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, you can't bounce your your frustration or your anxiety onto somebody else yeah. or off of somebody else so um when I did have somebody there, I would take advantage and, and uh you know express my my feelings
2: did you ever um exchange phone numbers with anybody and stay in touch with them later on
3: yeah certainly I ended up oh, hiking good. with i ended up hiking with a guy uh for quite a while um and uh we became really good, good friends, and, and we've um, uh, kept in touch to this day.
2: Where does he reside? He's
3: a friend. He lives in Orange County, actually, not too far from, from oh, me.
2: Oh, I see. Was he about your age?
3: Yeah, yeah, he's about my age. Uh, we yes. hiked together for a while and, until he uh, became injured and, and uh, wasn't able to hike anymore.
2: So and you and he have stayed, stayed in contact? Of, have you visited him since the trip was
3: over? Yeah, we've seen each other a couple of times. We're, oh, we're, good. Great friends. His name is Matt Robeson. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. It was uh, sort of a blessing uh, coming across him, meeting yeah. him on the trail.
2: When you came across these people on the trail, were there more men walking on the trail than women? Um, was it about 50-50 or what? Yeah, that's... Um,
3: more men. There were, definitely, there were definitely more men, yes. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what the proportion is, but... Uh, it uh, there are definitely more men than women, but I did see I did see a lot of women out there this time around. Uh huh. Yeah, and it's great to see everyone out there just uh, enjoying the the wilderness, you know.
2: Yes. So uh, when you when you finally got to the end of your your last step of the trip, uh, who who did you first see?
3: Well, my girlfriend was standing there. Yeah, and how uh, was
2: that for both of you when you saw each other?
3: Oh, that was awesome! You know, so it you was, tell me in detail. Well, I saw her from about a quarter mile out. I could see her standing there, and uh, there's a, there's a, a monument signifying the end of the trail, and she was standing by the monument, and I uh, I ran from a quarter mile out into into her arms, basically, and and. Uh,
4: and were you
2: were you in Canada at that point?
3: Sorry, was I was I what?
2: Were you? When you when you when you finally met her at the end of the trip, were you in Canada?
3: Oh, uh, I was at the U.S. Canada border.
2: I see. So you hug each other, you kiss each other.
3: Yeah. Oh. Wow. Uh, yeah. Cried Good. a bunch. You know. Oh, wow, and wow! That sounds beautiful. Actually. It was a it was a great moment. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was over. You know, I didn't have to hike until two a.m. I didn't have to yeah. hike fifty miles the next day. You know. So it was a great feeling.
2: Yes. Yeah. So, do you ever think you'll do this kind of uh, trek again?
3: I certainly don't think I want to put my my body through that again. Um, yeah. I, I was hiking with a particular message, and I, I feel that I've been fortunate enough to get that message out. And um, I'll certainly go out and, and hike uh, parts of the trail that I enjoyed. Yes. Um, so, I will. I will definitely get back out there, just not uh, in the same way.
4: <laughs> yeah.
2: So we uh, don't have much time, only have a few seconds left, I believe. I really enjoyed uh, talking to you and finding out about what you did. It's, um, it's really quite astounding, and I, I like uh, these, kind of, these kind of things where people go out on a limb, so to speak, and uh, tackle on something that's really tough, and you did it, and uh, I salute you for it, and I'm so glad you got to be my guest today.
3: Well, thank you so much. It's it's been it's been uh, awesome. It's been fun. Thank you so much for having me.
2: Yes, and after uh, the show, I'm going to call you at some point and find out more about your vegan issues and what you're doing, and see what I might want to know about that. So
3: oh, that'd so, be great. Yeah.
2: So, thank you so much.
3: Thank you, Jonathan.
2: Okay. Take care. Okay. You too. Bye bye. Bye. Okay, everybody. That's the show for today. I'll talk to you next week. Bye, everyone. <laughs>
1: Thank you again for listening today. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time for Human Behavior, What a Trip with Dr. Jonathan Brower on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have fun experiencing your human behavior.